0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the through to Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we continue in the Song of Solomon where the man comes home late one night, and she won't open up for him. At last she arises, but he has gone. It's a picture of marriage after the honeymoon. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Song of Solomon, Chapter 5, on Simply the Bible.
1: As we go through this Song of Solomon, I must confess, this has been a challenge for me. I've never taught this before, and there are many things that are just hard to understand, and many commentators do not agree. So once again, we will do our best here to try to make sense of what's happening in this amazing Song of Songs written by Solomon, a love song between two lovers, we believe, Abishag and Solomon, although the verdict is out on whether or not that is actually the case, but definitely between a man and a woman who are in love, who are married. And today we look at what happens sort of after the honeymoon. You know, we know that leading up to the honeymoon, the courtship, the birds are singing, there's fragrance in the air, you know, everything is just wonderful. But that's not real life. We understand that the honeymoon does end and we get down to, you know, having to pay the bills, having to work, having to clean the house, take care of the kids, change the diapers, and on and on and on. And a lot of times, life gets in the way of romance. And so this part of the scripture here deals with that fact. Song of Solomon chapter five, verse two. I slept, but my heart was awake. Listen, my lover is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. I have taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? And so here we have a situation. Now, commentators are not real clear. Is she dreaming this whole event this night? But at first it says that she is sleeping, but her heart is awakened. And, and what she is awakened to is her lover knocking on the door. Now, some have said, okay, well, why is he outside? Well, perhaps he has been working late and uh, he comes home. Solomon comes home. It's been a tough day uh, as king, and he's coming home late. And maybe they even had prepared for a date night, you know, and uh, and he didn't show up and didn't call. And of course, they didn't have phones, but you know, didn't make the effort of sending a messenger, or whatever. And uh, and so she locks everything up. Now it was common. If you've seen the the uh, series Crown uh, about the royalty in England. You notice that the queen would have her own bedchamber and, uh, and when the husband wanted to come and be with her, well, he would sort of have to just come in. Um, And so it's very possible that this would be this way. And she had her bedchamber and he wanted to come and he says, open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. Now, these are the things that he has said before. Uh, He obviously still feels this way about her. However, he wants love that night. And, uh, and she's not in the mood and these things happen. And so he's pouring on his best language here. Um, and you know, he's even pulling on the heartstrings. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of night, you know, like have pity on me here I am. Uh, and then she says, wait a minute, I've taken off my robe." Must I put it on again? I've washed my feet. Must I soil them again? Really? Seriously? Do we have to go through this now? You didn't show up when you were supposed to, and now it's like three in the morning, and you want me to get up? I don't think so. And so this is the reality, and anybody that's been married knows that there are times when the two of you are not synchronized. One desires sexual love. The other doesn't probably more often it's the guy that wants it and the the woman is just fine and content to sleep. Um, And, and this is the situation. This is reality. This is what happens in marriage. And if you haven't been married yet and you think suddenly, as soon as you say, I do, it's just nothing but uh, Eden bliss paradise every night. Well, you will find out that that's not the case. Now, the reality of what's happening here is there is selfishness. There's selfishness on both parts. He didn't probably stick to his original plan. And then he suddenly wants her to just open up that night for him. Now, is that just opening the bedchamber door or is he speaking of opening up physically? Probably both. And, uh, and she's like, well, wait a minute, it's too late. I'm tired. I'm sleeping. You know, this is too late for this. And so they're both really selfish. They both want what they want and are not particularly into giving to the other person. And respecting what the other person wants. And this happens because these drives can be very strong. So she says, My lover thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my lover and my hands dripped with myrrh. My fingers were flowing myrrh on the handles of the lock. And so... Uh, I'm told that in those bed chambers, there would be an opening. There would be a bar that could be moved up unless the bar was locked and be, and with the hand coming through the opening of the door, you know, she sees his hand and somehow in this, he wins her. We don't know how, but her heart changes and she desires, okay, I'll get up. And, and so she prepares herself. She gets out her myrrh, she gets the oil, she, she puts it all Over her, she's going to be ready to meet him and a feeling that she's smelling good and ready and all of that. But by the time she gets there, her hands still dripping with the myrrh, she opens the door. I opened for my lover, but my lover had left. He was gone. My heart sank at his departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. And so this did not work out the way she thought for either one of them, it didn't work out the way they thought or wanted. And he probably just said, fine. Okay. You're not going to open up for me. I'm just going to go back and, um, you know, read the, the records of the kingdom or something, you know, or maybe he's going out with his friends. Uh, who knows, who knows what he's doing, but guys will get like this. If they feel they've been rejected, sometimes they'll just get upset or they go, you know, fine, you know, and they go downstairs and get their pillow and, uh, sleep on the couch, you know, uh, but whatever it was, he left. And so now she wants him and he's gone. And this didn't work out the way she thought it would. She said, my heart sank at his departure. I looked for him. So she goes out looking for him. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called him, but he did not answer. So now she's out in her bedclothes, you know, she probably put a robe on, uh, but she's not dressed as the queen, calling for him, but he does not answer. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. Now, you know, Jerusalem is a walled city, so there's watchmen on the walls, and they don't recognize her. And so they beat me, and they bruised me, and they took away my cloak, those watchmen of the walls. Now, Again, is this just a bad dream? Is she just having a nightmare? Is she just imagining this whole thing happening? It seems like this is not literal, that they didn't literally beat and bruise her. But um, it would seem that she's feeling that way. She's feeling that she is getting abused in some way. Then, right out of the blue, the maidens show up. Now, it says, O daughters of Jerusalem, I charge you, if you find my lover, what will you tell him? Tell him I am faint with love. And so, you know, why are they up in the middle of the night? That would make me think that she's just perhaps dreaming the whole thing. But the dream is based on the reality of the fact that these kinds of things happen in a fallen world. But now she wants the maidens to give the message to her husband that, hey, look, if you find him, tell him I'm faint with love. I want him. And so this can often be the case, you know, we... We can be, uh, selfish with each other and rude sometimes. And then suddenly we realize, oh my, I've hurt her or I've hurt him. And then we feel bad about that. And then we long for them. And you know, this all happens, right? This happens in real life. It's called making up. Um, and, and this is what's happening now. She, she's lovesick for him before she didn't want to get out of bed Now she's lovesick and she's telling the maidens, the daughters of Jerusalem, if you find him, please tell him this for me. Now, I think what is important in this whole dream story, whatever, is to understand the realities of marriage and the fact that it is an institution of denying ourselves for one another. And Paul really takes up this point in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now he says, now regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control So this is the reality. Paul is saying, look, you know, if you can be single and you're called to be single, wonderful. But if you cannot, if you have these passions, desires, and you can't control that, you then get married. Fine. And then at that point, you know, it's okay to abstain for a period of time from sexual relations, but you should agree to do this together. And if one of you wants to have sex, the other should freely give the body and vice versa. And, you know, now, on the other hand, let's just, that's not a hard, fast rule, because he also says, I say this as a concession, not as a command. You know, he's saying this is the ideal, but the the reality of it is in a situation where you love each other, you are willing to listen to the other. And if my wife, say is not in the mood and not ready. And it's, she's just going to be going through the motions. You know, I will respect that and vice versa. Although I don't think that's ever happened vice versa, but if it did, um, you know, I I would somehow wake up and okay, let's do this. Uh, but the, the reality of it is in a loving relationship, there are going to be times when you feel like it, and there will be times when you don't, but The reality of it is, if you love the person, your body is not your own. Your body belongs to your partner as well. But at the same time, we're not to demand that from our spouse, but rather we can make our request. We can say, hey, I would really love to love you tonight. That's fine. We should communicate about these things. And I think that's the main thing here is the importance of open communication about our desires. And even if we're not in the mood, we don't feel ready or or whatever it may be, we need to communicate that openly so that Satan does not get a foothold in the relationship. That's what Paul is saying here. I'm telling you this because if you deprive each other, if you separate from one another, if you don't give yourself to one another sexually, then you're opening the door. And guess what? You know, because One will not give to the other partner. The other will go outside of the marriage trying to get that need satisfied. And that's what he's saying. Don't give Satan that opportunity to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Don't do that to each other. God has given you these desires to be fulfilled in the marriage covenant. Make sure that you give yourself to one another in a loving way, in a self-denying way.
0: please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where the man praises his bride, for she is beautiful. The woman goes out searching to see if their love is still in bloom. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Song of Solomon on Simply the Bible.